Welcome to another NRL.com podcast. We are previewing a big weekend of international footy. Chris Kennedy in the studio. Jamie Soward on the line to preview all the action coming up. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, mate. Always a pleasure. Now we'll start off with the uh, the main game, the um, the the Australia New Zealand Test in in Wollongong on Friday night. Uh, highly anticipated. A bit of a new look uh, about both teams. What do you got for us on this one? Yeah, well, I wrote an article uh, earlier in the week uh, in regards to Australia's spine and how much experience they've lost uh, with the retirement of uh, Smith, you know, Cronk, Thurston, and Slater from the Australian team. So. Um, that'll be interesting to see the combination of, of seeing uh, Munster, Cherry Evans, Tedesco and Cook. And uh, I think with that, you know, everywhere else looking at the teams, New Zealand actually match up quite well. Uh, they match up well teammates in Latrell v Joey Manu uh, on that right edge and left edge respectively. And then also Chan's Nico Klockstad versus Jack Whiten. Uh, New Zealand, if they could break even in the forwards uh, with Rhea Hargreaves versus Papali and Nakora v Cordner, they may be able to uh, trouble the Aussies because I like the look of their bench uh, as well. So I think it's going to be a closer test match than what we've uh, always thought in the past with New Zealand coming to play these test matches against Australia. Yeah, you talk about the Australian spine, and even though you, know, you talk about heaps of experience that has gone out, other than Luke Keary, who's unavailable with that ankle injury, it actually looks really settled. Like there's not really anyone else. You know, you got you know Pong is available if Tedesco's hurt or whatever, but everyone's pretty much um, settled in their spots for the foreseeable future. You'd say. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Ben Hunt off the bench. Um, it's you know that's probably one of the those positions where if Keary's fit, does that belong to Munster? Uh, does Munster move to the centres and Whiten go there? Uh, I think that, you know, Jack Whiten in the centres shows that he can do a job, you know, for New South Wales, whether he's going to be able to do that same job um, to that to that standard against uh, New Zealand. We'll have to wait and see. But um, he's shown his versatility, so he may be able to go to that bench spot if they do uh, decide to have someone else in the team. But it, it looks like a pretty formidable team. Mm. Uh, but again, you know, those combinations, those guys haven't played before. Um, and But New Zealand, I like the fact that the experience of Marshall and Johnson, uh, you know, if they can ignite and get something going off the back of this forward pack, uh, you bring Brandon Smith in, who's had a fantastic year. I, I think it's an actual uh, strong-looking New Zealand side. Yeah, it sure is. They've gone. Uh, quite a few players have sort of come in who've who've had fantastic years or earned their way through form. There's also, um, you know, you mentioned the forward pack. It's uh, it's an important matchup. You've got guys like, um, you know, Zane Tedavano's coming in. He hasn't played a, a lot of Test footy. He's had a, a good year for the Roosters. Braden Hamlin, Ueli for the Sharks had a real breakout season. You know, Harry Wiranara is finally making his Test debut. It's a bit of a new look forward pack for the Kiwis. They uh, they need to get it right. Yeah, they do need to get it right. And, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, these test matches ahead of a World Cup in 2021, that's what I want to look at. I look at combinations going forward. Uh, it'd be hard to think that Benji's going to be there. So how long does Michael Maguire, you know, is this Benji's swan song? Uh, you don't think he'll be in the in the test team next year. They'll have to look for a halfback, which has been a weakness for New Zealand uh, for a long time. Do they blood Dylan Brown and uh, bring him in uh, in those mid-year tests? So... Um, again, both these sides look very, very strong on paper. And you, and you made a good point. There's not too many guys here that you know, haven't been in good form for their team. I mean, you know, Adam Blair's experienced enough, so his form you know, doesn't, really, doesn't really matter. It doesn't change too much. But the rest of these guys have had standout years. I mean, you look at Nakora, Bromwich, they're outstanding for their respective sides. 
Lisa Narmau was good for the Warriors. Rory Hargreaves, you know, probably should have won the Clive Churchill. Uh, and then the backs, you know, Chans and Joey Manu and then two of us, Shek. So it's, it proves to be a big test match for both these sides ahead of, you know, important couple of years going into uh, the World Cup in 2021. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make about their uh, their playmakers, and they're actually in a pretty good spot. You know, it's not that long ago we've seen, you know, Torhu Harris and players like that playing at five eight for New Zealand. So they just had no other options; either blokes are unavailable or out of form or injured or or whatever it is. They've actually got Kieran Four and is in this squad and hasn't made the seventeen because they've gone for for Sean Johnson and Benji Marsh, Benji. Marshall. They've also got um, Cody Nikarima in the reserves list for this game. He's played in the halves um, quite recently for New Zealand. And then you mentioned Dylan Brown as well. He's uh, currently unavailable. He's, his back's flared up again, but he's certainly you know one to watch for the future. You think he's probably going to play a lot of tests for New Zealand. So even though someone like Benji probably won't be around a, a whole lot longer on the test scene, there's um, you know there's a lot more options to choose from there than they've had historically. Yeah, there is. Um, the, the problem, you know, I see in international rugby league is that Tonga, New Zealand, England, they don't have the elite halves. Um, you know, if I said, you know, Sean Johnson probably wasn't in the top five, maybe seven, five, eight this year in terms of form. Uh, Benji had his moments, but Jerry Evans is the best halfback in the game. Cameron Munster's, you know, one A and one B with with Luke Keary. Uh, so, you know, that's where when it comes in those tight moments, you know, they they come down with the big plays. I mean, two of us, Shekka and you know James Tedesco, would almost cancel each other out. And I dare say, on current form, that Brandon Smith and Damian Cook cancel each other out. But uh, when Australia comes up against Tonga and uh, New Zealand and Great Britain uh, for for a while now, it's always been the halves and the spine that's got us across the line and. Until that, those other teams continue to bridge the gap, uh, they're not going to be able to go and beat you know, the big teams consistently, uh, maybe in a one-off, but consistently in those big games because of how experienced and how uh, good those, those players are. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very good point. Before we move on to the other games coming up this weekend, how do you see this one panning out? Look, I think it'll be close. Um, I think Australia just win, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, bit, a bit each way. I think that New Zealand have got the side to come down. I think Michael Maguire has instilled a, a belief with them that they are going to compete, and uh, a few of them will be singing a little bit last, from last week, losing the final uh, to Australia. So I think Australia will get the job done, uh, but I would say by less than six points. Yeah, interesting one. Um, it's a big triple header down there in Wollongong, the game before this. The Jillaroo is up against the Kiwi Ferns. Now, I know it was only the Nines. It's a different format and all the rest of it, but it was uh, it was the Ferns' first win over the Aussies since the mid-year test back in 2016. A lot of their squad players had never tasted victory against the Jillaroos. A lot of them came in from the, the 2017 World Cup and beyond. So a um, bit of a lift for the Ferns heading into this one. What have you got in, in the women's test? Yeah, look. I was, to be honest, I was quite disappointed uh, in the in the Gillaroos. I think that um, not a sense of entitlement, but certainly a, an arrogance that you know that they were going to just get the job done and roll up. Uh, and then looking at those uh, the highlights throughout that game and, and watching the game back again, I, I really felt like they missed an opportunity to stamp their authority. So I'll be looking for a big bounce back um, from the from the Gillaroos against New Zealand. And yeah, New Zealand. They're not little. They're not little sister anymore. They're 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 right there, par and par with the with the Gillaroos players. They've got a lot of quality players in their squad uh, throughout their throughout their team. They've had players from the Warriors. They've had players that have come over here. I like the look of Maynard last week, uh, but that they do have um, they do have some talent within their side, and the Gillaroos need to bounce back. 
Yeah, they certainly do. And they had so many players who were so dominant through the weekend uh, up until that final. Um, probably the, the most eye-catching was Ali Brigginshaw, one of the real veterans in the side, been one of the best playmakers in the women's game for a, a solid decade. And she just absolutely had the ball on a string, just was incapable of taking a, a bad option through the weekend. And she, um, she'll relish the, the return to 13 aside. Yeah, she will. And I think that, that suits her. Uh, a lot of those girls. Not the nines didn't suit them, but... You know, coming off a, a short preparation for the NRLW, they win the grand final, then two weeks later they're playing in the nines. It's a different format. Uh, and then you have to readjust to the 13. But I, I think Ali Brigginshaw is the best player in the world. Uh, her class in that grand final uh, really stood out head and shoulders above everyone else. So I think that they'll relish getting back to the 13-a-side game uh, and then go down and put in a performance, a much-needed performance ahead of... You know, again, they don't get the opportunity to play many tests, so they need to make sure every opportunity counts. That's why I was disappointed in how they performed in that final last week. I thought they were a little bit loose at stages uh, with their defence, and right at the end, their competitiveness you know, just needed to go up another level because the Kiwis don't hold any fears in playing these Australian girls. Absolutely not. What do you make of the uh, the rest of the spine there? Ali's had a few halves partners through the years. She's actually got Kira Dib with us, so no, you know, Maddie Studden, a few of the other candidates who've who've played there. Kira, who was outstanding in the Origin uh, mid year and had a good back end of the season, comes in, and um, Brittany Braley, who was one of the the best players in the NRLW and Player of the Year the year before, is um, unavailable. So Keely Davis, more often seen as a five eight, is uh, at hooker. So it's a little bit makeshift for the Aussies. Yeah, it certainly is. I think that Kira Dib was outstanding for New South Wales. Uh, and then you have a look at uh, her combination with Maddie Studden was really got them over the line in that second half of game management. So I'm happy that she's getting the opportunity. And, and then you, I think when you have... The, the problem is when you have a makeshift is they try and play like a hooker. I think with Davis, if she's able to uh, play like a, herself and running game and be able to support the ball, then they're going to be successful. So... Uh, for me, I think that that shouldn't be a problem with a makeshift hooker. Uh, Any time that I play with someone that was out of position, I encourage them to play their normal game and we'll fit in around you rather than you trying to fit in with us. So um, I think with Brigginshaw there, that certainly helps both those girls uh, in what's going to be an important game. I think the Aussies probably have a bit more firepower in the uh, the back five as well. You look at someone like, you know, Julia Robinson, a very powerful winger up at uh, Brisbane, can't even make the uh, the starting seventeen. It's it's all form. You got, you know, Jess Sergis, Isabel Kelly in the centres, who are absolutely potent ball runners. Shaq Tungai, who was brilliant through the NRLW and and through the nines. You know, Tiana Penatani can play centre or wing. She's an absolute superstar. And then Corbin McGregor, who seems to have hit form at the right time of year as well. Yeah, that's right. I think that the back five for Australia are where they'll try and get their advantage, their set starts. Um, Jess Sergis, to me, needs to get more involved. Uh, she she was a little bit underdone, looked like, for that grand final. Uh, mm. It had been a big week, and I thought her form wasn't as up to the standard of being the, you know, the, the NRLW best player in the world. So, uh, for me, I'll be looking for a big performance from her. And then you look at Penitani. I mean, she's been outstanding. Yeah, she's a, a real athlete. Uh, Corbin McGregor, it's nice to see her back in some form. So uh, Shaq Tungai, they've got a nice mix there of power and speed uh, to get their set started. The Battle of the Sevens, we've talked about Ali. She's up against Racine McGregor, who was the player of the tournament in the nines. They are halves partners together at the Broncos and won a, a grand final together. Racine um, you know, just had an absolutely massive year and, and really, really impressive the last couple of months. Yeah, what I like about Racine is the fact that she's a ball runner. Yeah, you, know, you have a look at for, for the 
for that grand final, you know, she was allowed to just go out, run the ball, and not sort of you know worry about too much else, and that's important. So um, I think it, if you can have that nice mix, if you're the if you're the Kiwi girls and you come over here and you break even and you can slow down those set starts, then you know all of a sudden you find yourself. Yeah, with a, a good ball runner who's in form, and then you've got some class in and around, and some powerful forwards. So uh, they're certainly going to be a handful uh, for the Australians if they're not on their game. Just, I guess, to finish off with the um, the forward packs, uh, you've got another club combination: Millie Boyle and, and Amber Hall play together at the Broncos. They'll be facing off in the the front row. You know, Tawila Fodemawala missed pretty much the whole season due to a suspension. She's coming off the bench. She'll be ready to put some big hits on. You know, Georgia Hale, traditionally a, a six, is now more of a ball playing lock for the Kiwis, but showing some great leadership up against some pretty uh, impressive form players on the other side, like Keely Davis. You know, Hannah Southwell, Mima Taufa has uh, been very consistent the last few years. Yeah, those girls have been consistent and, and played at the high level for a while. I like the fact that Hales moves into that 13 role. I think that yep. that's important uh, in the women's game going forward is being able to get that link to get it to your speeds and athletes on an edge. And if you have one criticism of the Gillaroos is they don't really have someone like that uh, that can be that link to Brigginshaw to get the ball to Isabel Kelly early. Uh, a lot of Isabel's and the, and the runs for the the girls at the moment is slow ball out to the edge uh, where they've got defenders in their face, where if you can have someone that can go pass, pass, all of a sudden you get an opportunity on an edge. So I think that 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 could be an X factor for the Kiwis is the fact that they've got Hale in the middle, be able to link that ball out there to Racine and make sure that they can get some early ball to move the Gillaroos around, who are a big pack and mobile, but down there, 13, they've had to readjust on a quick turnaround from the nines. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think Hale is an X factor. Mm, yeah, I agree. I think probably the the Aussies uh, maybe lacking a little bit of ball playing in the forward pack, but once the once the bench gets on, you got Holly Wheeler and you know Talisha Harden, Bovet Welsh. I'm not sure if she's going to play in the the forwards. There's a lot of skill there, so they'll they'll need to um, you know be involved in that distribution when they get on. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, if you have a look at the the game getting forward, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to come off the bench and prove something and. Bovet Welsh, I've watched her a handful of times this year while we're doing the Canterbury Cup, and she's been outstanding. But uh, I like the look of Chelsea uh, Leonard Doozy. I think mm. that she was outstanding uh, in the grand final yeah, for the Brisbane true. Broncos. She came on and, and ripped and teared and, and got the Brisbane Broncos, kept that momentum that they had. And that's going to be important because uh, there's going to be stages where they're not going to have it their own way to Gillaroos. And after Millie Boyle and Taufer and and Keziaps, once they tire a little bit, Southwell, they're going to have to come on and continue to do that. So Holly Wheeler, uh, Leonard Doozy, and then Harden, they're going to have to come off the bench and make sure they provide that spark to keep up You know what may be uh, in terms of momentum. It may be on their side, but it, they may have to stop the momentum as well. So how do you see this one panning out? Can the Kiwis get their first 13 aside win since 2016? Uh, I think the Aussies may just have a little bit too much fire in the belly after last week. Uh, and just their back five for me uh, as a standout. So I'll say the Jill Roos will win. Yep, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, first game on Friday is the Junior Kangaroos up against France. It's not the strongest France team we've probably seen. Uh, quite a few unfamiliar names in there, whereas the Junior Kangaroos, now it's another 23s. There's a lot of NRL players. It's pretty much all NRL players, uh, even a few Origin players in there. Um, how do you see this one? Yeah, I think the Aussies will roll through them quite comfortably, to be honest. Um, this is a, a really strong look at the future of how the you know, Australians are going to line up, you know, pair, 
looking at if they get injuries, uh, the top line guys. But uh, this this French side, yeah, I think this will be comfortable. For me, if I'm having a look at just purely the Aussies, I mean, I don't know too much about the French. I don't know any of the French, to be honest. Mm. Um, and they were disappointing last week. But I'm looking at the combination between Ponga and Croft in that seven and six role because Croft's very much like a Mitchell Pearce. He'll organise. Uh, you know, wanting to get into a little bit of form to go into pre-season with because he didn't have the best back end of the year. Um, and then he's moved into five eights again. So, but Pappenhausen, Lomax, this is a real look at the future. Corey Horsburgh, I think he'll be man of the match uh, with David Fafita. I think those guys, and then Reed Marnie. So, look, the, the Aussies. I think this is a short preview. To, uh, to be honest, the Aussies are going to roll through these guys. Uh, it may be tied early because of the heat and their combinations. But if the passes stick, uh, the Aussies they'll they'll put fifty on this side. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. There's there's a lot of points in this um, this Aussie side, and there's nothing too junior about a lot of them. Like I said, plenty of established players, and France, you know, a little bit um, short staffed even by their um, standards at the moment. You got you know Pappenhausen at the back, and you know Ponga, like you said, you know Reed Marnie's had a great year playing at, at hooker, and some you know David Fafita's just been absolutely tearing it up uh, in the postseason for the the PMs and, and through the nines. Well, it'll be interesting to see Dave Fafita. If he has a good game here, uh, he might he might find his way into the, you know, if, if one of those guys pick up an injury or they probably don't have a great game, he might find himself with the big boys uh, in the next week or two. So, uh, but again, I, it's one way traffic for me. Uh, yeah, Pappenhausen will probably score a double. Campbell Graham will get two. Garrick will kick a heap of goals. Um, and I would dare say that. Yeah, once Nat Butcher and Brimson get on, uh, Fasil Malawi, once he gets on there, it'll be all over. So, yeah, big win for the Junior Kangaroos. Yep. Um, I guess just before we move on from this one, just, I guess, your general thoughts on um, Mel's decision to make the Junior Kangaroos an under-23s and more of a, a streamlined pathway into the, the senior Kangaroos team rather than, I guess, the old under-20s. You'd have a few guys who would probably taste the NRL and a few guys who might end up never playing NRL. It's um, you know, a much more recognisable team than we've seen in the past. Oh, for sure. I'm surprised. I didn't know that Angus Crichton was that young, mm. um, to be honest. He's great yeah, seeing. He's 23 now, but um, yeah, yeah, I think he's the oldest one. And uh, it's exciting for me. We didn't need to see Tedesco and, and Co. You know, mix those teams. I think you know, it's exciting that Australian Rugby League can throw out two sides that could compete uh, with a, with anyone. You know, that's an Australian A side, not a B side. So. Um, look, I, I, it's a fantastic idea from Mal Meninga, and I, I love what Mal's done with the Australian team. I love the fact that they all bought into the Nines concept. Uh, it's, sometimes it's hard to, to buy into those uh, gimmicky sort of, you know, at the end of the year without getting injured, you know, at the end. So first World Cup, you know, do you take it seriously or do you just go out there for a hit and giggle? I don't know if all the teams took it as serious as what the Aussies and Kiwis did. Um, so... I, I commend what he's done with the Australian team. He's brought pride back in that jersey. And the under-23s guys, now it's a stepping stone uh, to be able to you know, get into that big team. Good stuff. So it finishes up uh, the following day. The Tonga Invitational up against uh, Great Britain uh, over there in New Zealand. Uh, Tonga obviously had a you know, disrupted kind of year. A lot of um, you know conflict between uh, the old board and, and the playing squad. We ended up with an Invitational team rather than official team, but it's uh, it's pretty close to full strength. Most of the big names are there. You know, Fafita, Taukiaho, Taumalolo, um, all these sort of guys. That power pack, forward pack that we've come to to know and love. 
Um, up against a Great Britain team, which is a little bit new look. A couple of Aussies in there. Lachlan Coote at fullback. Jackson Hastings, who's just been unbelievable since he's uh, moved over there. He's um, got there on, I think his, his grandparents are English and he's actually pushed Raiders bound George Williams out of the seven jersey starting at halfback. How do you see these two teams going at it? Well, this is going to be fantastic. Um, it's, a, it's a shame. Yeah, I'll have to watch it via satellite uh, heading to America, but um, yeah, I think this will be fantastic. You have a look at the back five for both sides match up you know, perfectly. I'll probably give the edge to Tonga a little bit in terms of having Fusatua, Staggs, Jennings, Tupu and Hopawade. Uh, but then the, the class, again, you know, what I'm talking about with uh, Tonga, is if they're going to compete in World Cups and be a powerhouse for, for years to come, Hingano and Lola here, if that's what they're going to go with, that's fine. Lola here needs to continue to be better uh, with his game management and being involved, and then Hingano needs to take control of the team. And, and that's where they fall down. You look at Gareth Widdop, you know, he's finished his stint in the NRL. Hastings has you know, had he's a man of steel over there, so uh, he's coming in with form. The forward pack is, is where the game's going to be uh, pretty much won and lost. And, you know, Bateman v Murdoch Masilla, uh, Tokiaho v Thompson, you know, these guys coming over, uh, if they're out playing in the Australian competition, will look to put their best foot forward because everyone's going to be watching how the, the English compete against the, the Tongans. You know, they're expected to come over here and win. Uh, and if you come over to the best competition in the world, you're going to get rewarded. Uh, you know, Johnny Lomax, a lot of talk about him being one of the best players in the Super League. Well, to me, that means nothing because um, you can be the best player in the Super League and you get credit over there, but we've got the best competition in the world. You're playing against the best players in the world on the weekend and that's where you're going to be tested the most. So uh, guys like Alex Wormsley, um, you know, these guys that have all been successful for St. Helens, it's a credit to them and what they've done in their competition. But now they get the tested against, you know, Jason Tamalolo, Andrew Fafita, guys that have been doing it for years, guys that have, are playing week in, week out, the best players in the world. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. A couple of omissions. You, know, you said George Williams. Uh, I would have liked to have seen he, he and Hastings uh, rather than Widdop. I think we've seen what Widdop can, can handle and yeah, probably save him for New Zealand. But trying to see that combination. And then mate, Jake Connor. Mm. I thought he would be in the team for sure uh, instead of Lomax, actually. I think that uh, his versatility to be able to play anywhere, he showed in that New Zealand test last year that uh, he can't handle it. So uh, it's a strong-looking team for, for England, and, and I think this will be a close game, and it'll come down again to the game management of the six and seven for both sides. Well, yeah, let's you know, talk about the, the playmakers just a, a little bit more. I mean, you said uh, back when we are talking about Australia, just the, the depth in the playmakers that Australia has compared to the other teams. Um, Lola here and Hingano in the halves, it's not exactly going to strike fear into the hearts, You know, whereas Jackson Hastings, I don't know, 30 or 40 try assists over there this year. He's just been absolutely outstanding. You know, Widdop's um, an experienced you know, veteran and come through the storm and, and Dragons the last few years, keeping George Williams out of the side. Then you go to Hooker and you've got the, the Canberra club mates still of a Havili up against Josh Hodgson, and that's very much, you know, I know which one I'd be picking first uh, in mm. my NRL team. So it's um, that's where, you know, Tonga's sort of probably uh, trailing behind England. Yeah, and, and you look at how are Tonga going to get their points. That's, that's going to mm. be the key. Uh, how, you know, Will Hopawati, I'd like to see him in the centres and Tony Staggs at fullback. Uh, I think that that could have worked for them, just something a little bit different in terms of their attack. Um, but, yeah, because Will's very good defensively. Uh, the the, the centres in Hardacre and Gilda, they don't strike any uh, great 
you know, fear into me if it's that. So you can sort of take a little bit of a, a gamble there and push him out the back to see what it's going to be like. But, you know, the points for, you know, Hastings has had an amazing year. And, and that's why I said, you know, he's had an amazing year and he's proved himself over there. I think he should be back in the NRL. And I think that a club right yeah. now needs to approach him and get him back in the NRL. Let's see if he can prove it over here because, yeah, if we're being honest, the competition's settled between five teams every year. And, yeah, those tri-assists were outstanding. He had an amazing year, but I want to see him tested back over here. Uh, but then, yeah, the English should handle uh, the Tongans on the weekend. I think they'll have a little bit too much firepower. Uh, they do have some good depth in their halves, the English side. Mm. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that sort of gels because oh, George Williams, you would think, uh, will get a start if Hastings struggles with with the combination with Whitup on the weekend. Mm. Actually, I like the English back five probably a little bit more than you do, I think. Jermaine McGill- McGilvray has been excellent every time we've seen him up against the Aussies. Ryan Hall spent most of his career as one of the best wingers on the planet. Hardiker I really, really like, but um, probably not ideally in the centres. He's, uh, he's definitely a top-tier well, you can, but I look at it like this. Fusatua has had yeah a pretty good year, uh, not not the best from the year before. Mamalo outshone him, but Daniel Tupu, Brilliant. yeah, he was yeah. top five players yeah. for the Roosters in their grand final team. Katani Staggs is on the verge of being one of the top three centres in the world, and Michael Jennings didn't have his best year and was still one of the top five centres in the game. So. Uh, again, we don't see a lot of Gildart and, and Hardacre. I, I think Hardacre's out of position. But yeah, uh, in right. terms of Tupu versus Ryan Hall or, and McGilvray Fusatua, you know, I give big edge to the Tongan side. Uh, but if they get the ball turned over in the corners all the time, you're not going to see the best. And that's what you know, the English side will be looking to do. Absolutely, and uh, you'd have to think if Tonga's going to do it, they're going to have to make a big statement with their forward pack, and that's not to say the English have got a bad pack either. You've got, obviously, Bateman and Whitehead in the, the second row, James Graham, the veteran, and you know, Chris Hills had a, a long and storied career at, um, at test level, so uh, it won't be a, a, a one-sided contest in the forwards, but that's probably where Tonga's going to have to make the, the biggest statement. Yeah, and, and I look at the back row. Uh, Jason Tumbalolo is a clear winner there over Graham, but Elliot Whitehead and Bateman, yeah, the seasons they've had, especially Bateman. And then you look at up front, it's a bit of a push, isn't it? Because you like mm. the look of Takiyaho and Fafida over Thompson and Hill, but the craftiness of Josh Hodgson. Uh, he's, yeah. Yeah, if, if he's not the best number nine, Kevin Smith's the best number nine, but he'd be the second best number nine in the world. So um, I think that yeah, with that craftiness in and around the ruck, you know, it'd be interesting to see how you know, guys like Masilla and uh, Murdoch Masilla and Mayao you know, get back on side and look for that craftiness because we saw against New Zealand this year that Tonga struggled on an edge uh, when they got shape thrown at them and, and Josh Hodgson's going to be able to run shape whenever he likes. All right, so uh, what's the wash-up? Does the extra class and depth in the playmakers give it to England or the extra uh, power and, and strike out wide and up front for Tonga give them the edge? I'm going to say England. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be tight early on, uh, but I think England run away with it in the end, preparing for what should be two fantastic tests against New Zealand. Yep, I can't wait for uh, to see how all these post-season internationals unfold. Uh, it's been great talking to you, uh, as always, and, and thanks for coming and previewing the, uh, the test matches. Too easy. Thanks, mate. Yeah.